The winds of change are blowing, and it's easy to get lost and off track. Hi, I'm Renee Barabow, the practical shaman, Hay House author of Winds of Spirit, a wind whistler, and soul coat. This is a show for pioneers who want to learn to navigate the world with a chaotic spin awake. Welcome back to the Practical Shaman podcast, where we discuss everything that's practical, which is life, and, and shamanism is a reflection of how people live in community and work with the elements of energy and nature in order to uh, have harmony, balance, and sustainability, and so that people thrive. And I'm really excited today to introduce Jan Engel Smith, who is an author, shamanic practitioner, uh, a, a Reiki master, a professional counselor, a chemical dependency specialist, and a hypnotherapist. Jan's mission is to provide excellence in shamanic education and to support personal growth for well-being, adapting ancient healing techniques to contemporary life in the 21st century. She personally has performed 3,500 soul retrievals, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, which is a shamanic method, and she is considered an expert in her field. In 1994, Jan founded Lightsong School of the School of 21st Century Shamanism and Energy Medicine and has developed the first energy medicine curriculum of its kind, which allows those with a curious interest in energy medicine right through those who would like to obtain a doctorate degree in shamanism. She's the author of two books, Through the Rabbit Hole, Exploring Energy in the Shamanic Journey and Becoming Yourself, The Journey from the Head to Heart, which has won a Reader's Choice Award. Wow. Well, let's just jump in because there's so much to, there's just so much, so much juice and, and <laughs> juice. I like that word juice. <laughs> well, yes. Kinetic energy, wind is connect, kinetic energy. And, and I'm very excited because um, we've had some earlier conversations that kind of led us speaking of rabbit holes down a few rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. uh, she asked insightful questions of me that really got me thinking. So I'm really thrilled you're here today and let's hop in. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> One of the things I was looking at your website and I was very fascinated by the curriculum that you have a bachelor's, a master's and a PhD in uh, shamanic, 21st shamanic study, 21st century shamanic studies. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. These are programs that um, we started with the intent that shamanism eventually becomes recognized as a viable healing modality that insurance companies would recognize and people would be um, subsidized or helped with their payments. Because of course, now when we go to alternative healing modalities, uh, people have to pay out of pocket and it can get expensive, especially if there's many different treatments that need to take place. And our practitioners are very highly trained. They have invested the years of work as well as the finances in their training like any other uh, accredited programs for uh, healers or doctors, nurses, things like that. So we uh, wrote these curriculums and they are substantial. I mean, they would line up with any other type of bachelor's, master's, or doctoral programs that you don't just sign a piece of paper or do a few online courses and get them. You are cream of the crop. We, our goal is to produce the best 
practitioners in the country really with with shamanism and so that's that's the basis of it it launched back on uh january 1st 2011 1111 and uh, it's it's been very successful we've had several graduates and i am exceedingly proud of the people that carry those credentials you know it's 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 um we're we're interested in quality just quality and that people know what they're doing so that when a client comes they not only have a fabulous experience with a qualified practitioner but they're safe there's we have code of ethics and conduct uh where there's uh, no crossing that line of ethical boundaries. And also the, um, the practitioners need to submit at least 100 case studies to me and to other ones, where in our advanced classes, we discuss these and we look at ways that spirit is teaching us through the process mostly of soul retrieval and somewhat of the depossession, but we study them and what happened and what are some of the insights that are pulled from these, as well as the results that uh, were obtained for the client. So it's a very involved program. You have a mentor, you know, you, um, it's very involved. However, the school is also set up where you may have just casual interest and you know, like, what's this all about? And I want to, I want to play with my power animals, and that's okay too. There's no, there's no have tos when you enroll. It's just, do we spark an interest? Do you want to make a career of this and become a professional? And if you do, we're going to help you in that process. Also, in the business end of things, like how do you, how do you run a business? A lot of people are really good healers, but they have no business sense. And so we also cover that, um, you know, category of training. That's great. When I, I tried to, I had a holistic network for 10 years where I tried to help people become better business people. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, I would finally like enough. <laughs> it's kind of hard. It wasn't a sustainable business model for me. Yeah. And when I first got out of shaman training, you know, here I am, you know, people start showing up on my door because I certainly didn't go out looking for, for clients. It wasn't my intention on taking. And boy, the first year I got myself into all kinds of jams. So the ethics and the, the, those, those kind of boundary things are so important that I think a lot of programs could go deeper. I have a real question for you though. I yeah. remember years ago, Michael Harner was talking about mapping the, mapping the underworld, map, mapping the, the other world. And for those of you who don't know, shamanic tend to see things in the lower world, the middle world, and the upper world, although some traditions have like nine layers to their underworld. And so are we any closer to mapping the, the, the worlds through all of these case studies and things that you've had? Or? Well, he did, he did publish the book, and I was part of that program. I had to submit my journeys to the foundation uh, for his research. And he came out with a new book, and I'm sorry if I don't exactly know the name of it. Uh, it, it has something to do with cave, the, the word cave is in the title, that I believe from my colleagues that I heard, uh, some of those maps are published. Because he was determined that he could 
figure out exactly where things are. And so if I had a great teacher that was efficient in a particular subject, I could tell him where that teacher was located and we could have a map to get there. And yeah, it, it was, he was diehard on that. It was, it was really quite phenomenal. But I, from my understanding, that was published. And um, in fact, I'm next week going to my, we call it Shalman Five reunion for our graduating class from the foundation. And it's, I think this is our 22nd reunion. And our class was very, very close. And we have kept up with meeting all these years, once a year since our graduation. <laughs> That's really great because yeah. really, what shamanism was always concerned with was the community, the, you know, the strengthening of the heart of the community and the livestock and the farming and all of that. I mean, uh -huh. but you talk about 21st century shamanism. So are we, are we moving away from those ideals or are we moving back towards those? Um, back towards training? them. Yeah, back towards them. In fact, none of the training that I received had any community element to it whatsoever. You just showed up. Um, for a class, you were always with different people, although because of just the way it laid out, the people that I ended up graduating with, I had actually started some of my basic classes and it just turned out that we chose the same thing. But being all over the country and not having a defined curriculum, there was always sort of, there was no community building whatsoever, actually. Uh, and that is a big thing that Light Song has done is we have a huge community and we are community focused where we are coming together often in different groups to um, to do community work and to community service. And so um, not only community work and community service, but community play. <laughs> I love and that. Also, um, you know, it's really nice because when you're working with shamanism or energy medicine, you can feel like a, a duck out of water or an oddball in many situations. When you have these questions, you want to have these conversations and you basically don't have anybody to talk to them. Now, Portland is a mecca for metaphysical. There, we, you know, it's kind of like Alice's restaurant. Anything you want, you can get here, you know, but um, the reason that we have built such a strong community is for that support where you are with like-minded people all the time. And that gives you great comfort in your ability to naturally dialogue and explore various topics that you normally wouldn't have anybody to talk to. They wouldn't know what you were talking about. But yet we have this whole community here that gathers quite regularly and because again our classes are designed that um, you're not learning something in a weekend it might take you 18 months to learn a topic you are coming together once a month or sometimes twice a month for 18 months with the same group of people so there's a lot of strong really best friends that are being developed. Friendships that are going to be long lasting the rest of your life. I mean, it's really quite outstanding what uh, is the result of that, that strong community. Another thing that we have as part of our bylaws is that we, we 
address gossiping. We don't gossip, <laughs> you know, because gossip can very much destroy a community. And we have really high ethical standards around, um, uh, you know, sexual behavior too. And so the community, again, is very safe and um, it is supportive. Like we're not bad mouthing somebody. It's always, how can we support this person in whatever they're going through instead of having maybe gossipy, dysfunctional uh, conversation around them behind their back or something like that. That it just doesn't happen. It's it's um, we often say that it's the it's the template for the new earth that we're trying to create. We live in a microcosm of this really great environment. It sounds awesome. Which kind of brings me to our our next question or top you know talk about when I was telling you yesterday we were talking about winds of spirit and I was saying. I actually had to hide the the fact that I was writing this book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a shamanic, uh, I think you were calling it a shamanic archetype. Was it that what you called it? That, that there's this element sometimes hmm, that's called either sorcery or um, gossip or trickery. Trickery. Yes, we, <laughs> we actually had a Hayoka show up at our fire circle in at Omega, because one of the things I'm trying to build is teachers and people who can hold uh, space in other communities. And someone showed up and wanted to help us get this ceremony. And then they um, actually stood there like, like a log in the middle, a log jam. It was kind of an interesting mm -hmm. thing because I got to see like, okay, well, I've given these people a job to build the ceremony to see how we can work and play together. Mm -hmm. And right. then somebody comes and stands in the middle and started sits actually at the fire started telling us everything we were doing wrong but and you said he was Hayoka, right uh, that's what i could only say afterwards was oh. what was what was this energy here for oh, I see. what did i need to learn what did everyone else need to learn and you know what was what was this experience so when we think that we want to bring everyone together like even when i did the holistic network it didn't just always it wasn't always in the light as as I thought it could be. And so let's talk about that juxtaposition of energy a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know that could be a three hour, four hour, five yeah, day conversation. It's a big, it's a big topic. It's a, it's a really big topic. And I will say that rarely do we ever struggle with those things. And I've watched that um, for a long time, like, and I, and I do believe that there is a very strong intention that I have set into motion in the creation of this uh, community that is actually in motion and sort of filters automatically, I believe, the people that are coming to it. You know, because when you put an intention in motion, it is, it's active, you know, and there has been a tremendous amount of prayer and um, very clear boundaries set up, energetic boundaries that I do believe then automatically filter the people coming in. And so I've been astounded that I 
have not had to deal with major problems that when I was in my training, watched happen all the time. And when I'm in different groups, I watch happen all the time. And so I just think that there's something energetically going on that's taking care of that, but it has been intentional. But I, I trust the intentions that are in place. So you put up your no trespassing signs and-, and Sort of, yeah, uh, sort of. That would be a, a way of looking at it. Um, and you know, when I first started the community, because I had done so many soul retrievals and I was doing so many all the time that, and my soul retrievals are not like an hour. Each one is about three hours long, you know, and, um, and so, you know, to get in two a day was my eyes balls were going in two different directions by the end of the day, you know, because I was spending a majority of my day in an altered reality. However, people were so enthralled with them, they were always asking, how do I, how do I learn this? How do I make contact with my allies? And they were just so excited. And I said, well, you know, come on over to the house. I've got, you know, a pile of you, you know, let's say I've got 15 people from this month that are interested in this. Why don't we just meet in my basement? And I would talk to them and, and start training them. Well, then that's how that grew into the school. But for years, the only people that I was dealing with in the training were ones that I had intimately known through the process of soul retrieval i knew who was before me you know and mm -hmm. i and i and i i had that uh layer of information it wasn't like i was just like anybody that wants to come come you know it, it was it didn't start that way so the foundation of it was sort of created in this different matrix of energy that now that is not the case. There's people that come in from all over the country that fly in that I, I've never laid eyes on before, but that foundation is there that, I, I just think it just sets us apart and we don't have to deal with it, but it is tough. I mean, when you've got somebody like that, you know, my, my stance is they're doing that to be loved or to be recognized in some sort of really dysfunctional way <laughs> that you know is not really appropriate to the scene but if you can love them and if you can include them in this way that it will capture their attention then normally they'll move into a rhythm because then they'll get their needs met through that attention instead of standing there like a log <laughs> yes it was an interesting experience in the moment yeah. You know, and it's in what you talk about with, you know, the, the in and out of things. And we're, we're going to talk about judgments in a minute. And for me, that hasn't necessarily always been my strongest suit because I, I tend to live in this middle world. And it's probably why the winds came. And one time somebody who could see really energy says, there's like 31 energy standing behind you because mm -hmm. I kept calling to the winds, but I forgot to send them home. And so like... <laughs> It was, we did this one day, this, you know, five day wind call thing, you know, one of those five day Facebook yeah. things. And, uh -huh. and all of a sudden in the middle, we had to stop calling the wind because yeah. I said, we need a day off because we have to send these winds home. And, and 
And so it's kind of like a, a really good lesson in yeah. how, how energy really does move through us. And, and, and it's, it's real. And, and it's, it's real. real. It, has, it, it doesn't have a physical form, but it has an energetic form. And it takes up space around you and it has presence with you. And so, yeah, if you get a lot of that going on and a lot of those middle world spirits that you're talking about, it's like they need a job. They need, you know, you called them in, they need something to do. And if you don't give them something to do, they just get in the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which yeah. Which leads us really beautifully to the next thing we were talking yesterday. And um, you asked me a question about like, do these wind spirits have judgments? Are they like, what are they, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what's, you know, what's their intended job? So I thought that would be a really beautiful jumping off place for you to, to talk about your opinion about that. Like, what do you, when you work with spirits, I think you, you told me a really great experience about meeting spirits and asking them what, what, what their um, ideal is and not the one that we project onto it, but really what going there and directly asking. Yes. And I start that conversation early on, even with my, um, my basic journey people uh, for the first class, you know, because in that class, they'll get a power animal and a spiritual teacher and they the way that most people operate is they're going to run to these books that have got information about that animal and then read it and then take that for truth and i said to me those books are more about totems they're describing a personality trait they're not describing why this animal has come to you the only one that knows that information is the animal, you know? Mm -hmm. And so before you try to read about something in what it means, which will then influence your journey, especially a new journeyer, ask it first, get its response, because that's the personal reason it has, it has come to you. It's not necessarily something about its personality or its behavioral traits, which all those books are about. So with that said, I do believe that that extends to any of the spirits that, that you want to ask them uh, directly about why they are intervening with your life. I mean, because you become a team you become an intimate working energetic team. And your part of the team is you do the physical. You are physically in this manifested form. They need you to put something into action for them. But they are the informants to you of the bigger picture in what might need to be done. Now, going back to your question about judgment and what led me to that question was you were making a statement about the uh, winds wanting something to happen. <laughs> and I was curious about that, you know, like, because wanting something to happen would inform that they had a preference. <laughs> 
and if you have preference then there's sort of like an egoic judgment there you know like one is better than the other and in my training and and working with things i have i have never um been taught that although i don't have a lot of experience with really your training which you are an expert in i i, I don't have that that type of thing i learned about the elements being you know not only non-judging but also non-compassionate in that you know fire can warm you and then a log can roll out and burn your house down in a second or you could be drinking water to quench your thirst and drowned in it or you know i mean it's it's like there's just no awareness there of how it's going to interact with you and so i was always trained that when you're working with the elements that you get a compassionate helping spirit from either above or below uh, worlds and my belief is is that in those two worlds above and below there's only compassion hmm. that's it there's only compassion there's only love it's unconditional so if you're working with those spirits you then use that compassionate being as an intermediary for your interaction with the element because they are bringing compassion to the situation. Does that I love make that. Yeah. And so that's how I was trained to work with the elements and, and I always have. Um, but then again, you know, you're, you're looking, you have taken ancient teachings and you're bringing them up to the forefront again. And what I have found in ancient teachings is there's a lot of projection of human emotion onto deities or really onto objects in general and that then that projection gets in the way in your connection to them because you you've now lowered their status of being divine and unconditional and projected a human emotion on them like people will say the earth is angry at me or god is mad at me well that can't even exist. I mean, if God is truly unconditional, that means no conditions, no exceptions. It, it, it wouldn't even vibrate at a frequency that would be able to recognize or know what anger is. It's, it's impossible for it to um, register that emotion because it's only one thing. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, makes why sense. We use those, that, that's why we use those compassionate beings is because they are always going to be helpful. And you don't have to worry about being, you know, tricked or deceived or betrayed or, you know, all those different things. But I, I do believe that, you know, humans have just projected their emotion onto these divine beings way too much. And so then that gets in the way of really understanding the big picture of what's going on. That's interesting. You just, you've given me some food, I think for the fall equinox ceremony, I think I'll have people journey to get an actual power source from the lower world to 
uh, to cooperate with these wins during the next season. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, that, like I said, that's just the way I was taught. No, I just, I never, and, and one of the things about that projection, it was my own projection of thinking what was right or what was wrong and how I was interpreting the wins based on, you know, what, what my ideas of rightness and what just was and right. And, and it had nothing to do with at all what when these energies came forward, how they responded. It was right. My projection upon it. That was really wonderful. Mm -hmm. What what would you like to uh, leave people with? What kind of a thought would you like to uh, inspire people with? Because you're absolutely uh, full of wisdom and I love listening to you. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, tell my kids that, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, let's see, what would I like to leave them with? I think the most important thing for people to understand is that we have lived in an exceedingly oppressed state really since the beginning of human time that has been recorded that we know of. And that there are ways to move beyond that and find this absolute truth of yourself that you are a divine being you are the creating you're a creator being and that you have control of your environment and your situations when you learn how to move energy and to tap into the resources that are actually there. And that's what I've loved about shamanism is that um, it's, it's respectful of life, all life, as far as nature, um, uh, you know, the cosmos, it, it sees us as all connected. And so, if you if you look at the very basis of shamanism, we are we are unified and we are collaborative in our structure, you know, in the way that we're laid out, and that you have access to things that are all empowering. You have access to what I call the field of all positive positive possibilities, and that every possibility exists every possibility exists and so when you learn how to be able to tap into that realm and draw those choices to you it is very empowering and enriching and you know my goal is that people become well in fact our our tagline with light song is that you know we're thriving interlaced communities of well-beings you know that we're that we're well and it's not my definition of what that makes makes it true for you but it's if you're well if you're positive you are functioning at the capacity that you are helping the world in whatever whatever belief system that is it's providing assistance to us all because we are all connected. Um, but it's getting you to that place of feeling those feelings 
that is going to not only benefit you, but it's also going to benefit the whole, all of us, in, in all of the earth. So yeah, take that and enjoy right. it. <laughs> take that and think about it for a year because I had about six questions more for you during that. And I try to keep these short to, you know, 30 minutes because our attention spans have shrunk oh. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the, uh, I definitely will have you back because I think we, there's so much more there's to this conversation and to, I'm sure, your wisdom. And how can people reach you? How can they find you? Oh, thank you, Renee. My, the name of the school and the name of my healing center is Lightsong. So www.lightsong.net. And if you wanted to uh, email, it would be info at lightsong.net. And again, we have um, a very large outreach and love to hear from you. And I also have podcasts and a lot of free things on the internet to help people, again, learn how to feel better. It is a learned skill mm -hmm. of conscious choice in and how you're choosing things in life. And so I have a lot of free things because it's, if you can develop things into a daily practice, you know, just like you're gonna take care of yourself by brushing your teeth, <laughs> you're gonna take care of yourself by paying attention to what your energy's doing because your energy is what you're, how you're creating your realities in your life. So anyway, but yeah, lightsong.net is me. <laughs> For those looking for me, it's practicalshaman.com. Make sure you pick up a copy of Winds of Spirit. And until next week, I want to have a blessed, non-projecting, positive experience. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Blessings. Thank you.